Welcome, it's indisputable, I'm your host, Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We have Adrian Lawrence today, breaking down news of the day. Attorney at law, author, TYT contributor, should be amazing. Top story of the day, the cop who criminally harassed a black woman has now been charged officially. We talked about this when it first happened, gave you an update yesterday. That cop resigned, now that cop has been officially charged. Let me remind you of his criminal assault. And go to jail. That's fine. Make this an official incident. That's fine. Now understand this. Please don't, please respect my space. It's COVID. Six feet. You do not have a mask on. I don't need a mask. I'm outside. From day one, we've been calling for criminal charges against this cop. That has now finally happened. Not to the degree that I would like, but is moving in the right direction. Put up the picture of this coward. Criminal charges have now been filed against this former Chicago police officer who got into a confrontation last year with a black woman. He criminally assaulted her. She was walking her dog at North Avenue Beach, his name is Bruce Diker, has now been charged with aggravated battery and official misconduct, okay? You see his picture, you see him. Now there's a background to this story. Diker 52 was allowed to resign from the department last month. He did not get fired. He was allowed to resign last month before any formal discipline could be handed down. Cook County court records show his initial court appearance is slated for Thursday. Put up the picture of the woman he harassed. Her name is Nikita Brown, okay? She was simply walking her dog, that's it, not bothering anyone. As seen on video footage from multiple sources, including the cops on body cam and the cell phone of a bystander. Diker grabbed and briefly detained Nikita Brown shortly after midnight on August 28th as she walked her French bulldog 
at North Avenue Beach. Now, let me say this, because I've analyzed this video multiple times and it's clear to me that the officer was actually attempting to grab and take away her cell phone. If you look at the video again, he goes after her hand. He's trying to take something out of her hand and it is the cell phone. Now, he has not been charged with everything he could be charged with. And I wanna remind you, they always handle cops with light hands, all right? They're never heavy handed. We typically won't get a mug shot immediately. We will not see him being arrested and carried into the jail. We will not see him getting booked as a criminal gangster, for example. And to me, cops who commit crimes are the worst types of gangsters. They are the ones who are publicly funded. They are utilizing their public trust given to them by taxpayers. Now, there's more to this story. On Good Morning America, Ms. Brown actually broke a silence. She explained. She took out a cell phone. She said, and I quote, I was looking to see who I could call for help at that point. Even if someone didn't answer, at least leave a voice message that says, hello, hi. This is where I am, this is what's happening. If you call me in the morning and don't reach me, I am in jail or worse. It is so damn sad that this black woman who is simply walk, walking her dog and not committing any offense, any criminal offense, has to think about how to let someone know that she's going to be wrongfully incarcerated or possibly die. There's more. Diker, the cop in question, who became a Chicago cop in 1998, had 25 complaints against him. I told you so. I said right here on Indisputable, this cop has a history. Including three that were sustained, meaning after the investigation and after they tried to clear him, three of them they could not. The most serious one was from November 2008. It was an off duty domestic incident in New Tazewell, Tennessee. The cop, Diker, off duty, was still suspended for 20 days after he allegedly verbally abused. And pointed his weapon at a victim, at a victim, and failed to follow lawful police orders. Now, what happens? I want you to think about this. This is an off duty cop. He's off duty at this time, right? He pulls out a gun, points his gun at a victim, and refuses to follow the lawful commands of another cop telling him, drop your weapon. Now, what would have happened to me or you? We would have had a bullet in our ass. That's what would have happened. They let him go. He violates a lawful command, he gets suspended, he comes right back to the force, no problem. He just showed you exactly who he was. Now these are the incidents that we have on record. Believe me, there are many more that we do not. Put up the picture of the guy who's protecting this madness. John Catanzara, president of the Fraternal Order of Police Lodge 7, characterized the charges as, and I quote, a race based attack. Yeah, he's claiming racism. He's saying that the officer in question, who we just saw actually assault a woman, is being targeted because of his race. And then he says, this is led by Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox, her top deputy, Reza Lanier. All right, Bruce's body camera was very clear that he had intentions 
uh, interactions, excuse me, with other people who followed his lawful direction to leave the beach because it was closed. And they did not challenge him like this young lady did according to the union chief. He then says she should have been arrested. He actually cut her slack and gave her a break, okay? The reason why the cop never arrested her is because he did not want to explain what he did. That's the only reason. He did not cut her a break, he tried to cut himself a break. So now we see the wheels of justice slowly moving in the right direction, not fast enough for me. The charges should be more serious than what they are. This is a felony, violation of oath of office. He's been charged with official misconduct and aggravated assault. So we'll see if this actually gets upgraded, but a prosecution is moving forward. Took them long enough. All right, Adrian, thoughts on this? Well, you know, it's it's very disheartening in part because we see this often, particularly in Chicago, where you do have a lot of law enforcement who happen to target members of the black community. Yeah. One thing we did see from a 2022 audit with Chicago's public information is that when police will stop people, what they're doing when it comes to using force against people from Chicago is about 83% of those incidents involve black people. Yet black people are only 28% of the Chicago population. So you have 83% of incidents involved uh, using force against 28% of the population. For So if this is race in any way, it's definitely race used against this woman here. And you know, the fact is that with Dyker, they knew that he was a criminal. They also knew that he is not a good police officer, that he uses excessive force, that he abuses his power and privilege. They've already seen it with him drawing his weapon on that woman in Tennessee. So they knew exactly who he was, yeah. why they decided to continue to let him back. It really speaks to the integrity of that department. Actually, what their goal is as law enforcement officers is not necessarily to enforce the law, but to allow these what deputized goons unleashed on the people. Yeah, let me clarify, it's aggravated battery, which is a much lesser offense than aggravated assault. We will see if these charges are upgraded at some point. But I have a question for you, Adrian. He has a history of actual violence of not following lawful commands of other officers. He has 25 complaints that we know of on record, some of them we may not. At what point does this become a negligent hire issue? And the victim in this case is able to sue the department who hired him. It's interesting you say that because that's something I initially was going through my mind in terms of negligent hiring. And the thing is, it seems like a lot of these these complaints against him came out after he was hired. So as far as I'm concerned, this is kind of like negligent retention. Mm. Like you should not have continued yeah. to employ this individual when you know that they do not follow rules, that they break the law, that they use excessive force and violence. Yet you decided to continue to keep them on. The unfortunate fact is that the Chicagoans who are paying money for their taxes, they're gonna be the ones to foot the bill. For all right. of this, when it really needs to be coming out of law enforcement, out of their retirement plans, out of any kind of any kind of assets and resources that they have, but instead it's we the people who end up paying the bill at yep. the end of the day for their abuses of individual civil rights. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, isn't it ironic that people are okay with defunding the police as long as the victim is a black person, <laughs> and that's the reason why the cops are being defunded? There, no, there's no issue. Uh, when they're defunded by that method. Um, Interesting situation. 
lying as Herschel Walker. Lying again, this time he's lying about, he used to be an FBI agent and, and a county police officer. Yeah, Georgia Republican Herschel Walker has been widely panned following a report that he falsely claimed to be a cop and an FBI agent. This is coming out of Newsweek. Walker claimed in 2017, 2017 that he was with the Cobb County Police Department in the state of Georgia. But the department has now told the Atlanta Journal Constitution it has no record of him ever working there. Then his campaign comes out with a statement. They say, "Oh, he was um, an honorary deputy." Now, come back to me for a second, because the campaign—they don't realize they messed up, and media has not caught this yet. Herschel said he worked for the Cobb County Police Department. The campaign responds, "Oh, no, 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 no. He was an honorary deputy. That—that—that's what he said." Hey, I called. Cobb County Police Department, they do not have deputies. They do not have honorary deputies, it does not exist. The campaign could not even get the lie to cover up the lie correct. All right, there's more. The campaign said he was an honorary deputy, but the police department could not confirm this. Walker also falsely claimed to have been an FBI agent in 2019, despite not being an agent. Though he participated in a week's training at the FBI school in Quantico, Virginia. The former football star reportedly told an audience in 2019, and I quote, I spent time at Quantico at the FBI training school. Y'all didn't know I was an agent? (laughs) No, bruh, we did not know you were an agent because, sir, you were not. Now, it's not missed upon me that this may be an expression of the mental health condition of Herschel Walker. And I do not besmirch anyone who's suffering from a mental health challenge. The issue is get help, try to seek opportunity for remedy. Now, according to Herschel Walker, white Jesus has cured him of all of his mental health deficiencies. But those who work close with him, they tell another story. There's more. Occupy Democrats, a group that supports progressive Democrats tweeted that Walker, and I quote, must suspend his campaign after He was caught in a humiliating lie as as it was exposed that he falsely claimed to have worked as a police officer and even an FBI agent. Now here's another part not being mentioned. These things are illegal. It is against the law against the law to impersonate a law enforcement official. Wrong, ethically, yes, but also illegal. Now, yes, Herschel is to blame, but politicians in general are to blame as well. You all have set the bar so damn low. That a prolific liar like Donald Trump and Herschel Walker become normative. Will this hurt Herschel Walker? No. Will the pro police crowd all of a sudden be anti Herschel Walker? No. There's more. In the past, Herschel Walker also falsely claimed to have graduated from the University of Georgia, as well as wrongly saying he was the high school valedictorian. And that he founded a charity for veterans. Walker had also made headlines during his primary campaign for questioning evolution and asking why are there still apes. He lied about all of this and still won the Republican primary in a way that slaughtered the field.
one of the top fundraisers in the Republican Party for this election cycle in the United States of America is Herschel Walker. Fascinating, Herschel Walker is controllable by the extreme elements of the Republican Party, including Trump himself. As long as he's willing to carry the water of white bigots in this nation, he will always have a place at their table to simply do one thing, not to challenge them and not to represent everyday people, but to represent that power structure. Adrian, thoughts on this? You know, I, I automatically thought when I saw Herschel Walker saying all these things that were completely untrue, that he is just enjoying kind of a Trumpian time in politics, just saying whatever he wants. You know, he's next going to claim to be Miss Georgia. And then having a look at his background and whatnot and seeing that in 2001, he came out as an individual with dissociative personality disorder, which pretty much means split personalities. It kind of started to make sense. But then you also see part of his background, like he's been subject to red flag laws where guns have been taken away from him pursuant to a restraining order from his ex-wife. You see a lot of these behavioral issues that that do raise significant concerns because it's not necessarily a mental health issue. And I'm not in any way trying to be ableist to say that he couldn't do the job. It's the fact that we do not have an individual in Herschel Walker who is running for office who has shown himself to be qualified to do the job and also to be able to put the people first. And we should be able to have leaders in our country who are candid and who are forthright and are ready to truly represent the people. And it definitely doesn't seem mental health issues, withstanding or notwithstanding that Herschel Walker can do that. And so it's really scary at this point, given how far he's gone. Also given what he said and what he, I guess, doesn't stand for. Yeah, and you got to imagine these are lies he tells while on stage. You have to think what lies are he telling people in private? If he's willing to tell these kinds of lies in public, His private lives must be something serious. All right, Um, there's a monster. Put up the picture of this monster, full mass. School teacher charged with taking liberties with a child. They believe more victims are actually out there. High school teacher is charged with two felonies and two misdemeanors after engaging in a predatory relationship with an underage student. Her name is Kristen McAllister. 32 years of age, she teaches English at Tab High School in Yorktown, Virginia. According to the local news, the relationship developed in 2021. The school just heard of these allegations last week when a student tipped off administrators. The York County Sheriff's Office received a report of an inappropriate relationship between a school employee and a student, and they started an investigation. So this English teacher has now been charged with two felony counts of taking indecent liberties with a child by a person in a custodial or supervisory relationship. And two misdemeanor counts of contributing to the delinquency of a minor. She has not entered pleas to the charges and was released on bond. The Callister would not be allowed back into the school, obviously. Um, there's no There's a no contact order here. And so far, the police have only identified one victim, but they think there's more. Okay, if you want to help, if you know anything about this story or this teacher, investigators are looking into the possibility of multiple victims 
who are students. They want anyone with information to call the anonymous crime line at 1-888-LOCK-YOU-UP. This is a reminder, a sobering reminder that monsters come in all shapes, sizes and colors, okay? And gender, be careful, be vigilant, be active. Connect to young people so they always feel comfortable talking to you. One thing I try to do with my own daughter, no matter what, you can talk to me about anything on this planet. I don't give a damn what it is. You have an atmosphere conducive of conversation with me. All right, Adrian, thoughts here. Uh, something that's interesting and not in a good way, of course, is that when we look at sex offenders, we know that approximately it's 10% of sex crimes are committed by women. But when you look at it involving teachers and student relationships, women are far more active. They commit about 30% of the wow. sexual misconduct. This is predatory. And these are kids. And you know, there's always this old school hyper masculinity, toxic masculinity thought of, oh, yeah, high five the student who got to have sex with his teacher. But no, these are kids. No matter the gender, this is a problem. That individual has been preyed upon. That is going to impact them for the rest of their lives. And so I really do hope that educators do a little bit more work in terms of ensuring that the teachers in these positions of power are not also sexual predators. Because a little bit more work needs to be done. Because as you mentioned, predators, offenders, they come in all forms, shapes, sizes, and colors. Yeah, and it's getting so consistent. That I would not be opposed to school systems running active campaigns, letting students know if you see something, say something, okay? Mm -hmm. All right, we got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back, we got a lot of show left. I'm going to read some comments, before I do that, let me remind everybody about primary coverage. That's happening today, okay? Progressives and the establishment will go head to head in another round of primary elections. Tune in, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time. We got Jank, John, David, and more breaking down all of the results, okay? Also, you can tune in, tyt.com forward slash live, the YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch all will run the analysis, okay? Cena Hogaboom says he was an astronaut too. Astronaut, sorry. <laughs> I like what you did there. Uh, Super chat, Chi Chi Massey. Doc Rich and Ad Law, the fact finding duo. That's a dope ass combination name. <laughs> like, I like that. Doc Rich and Ad Law. That's, that's gangster. Um, ID, the destroyer of God. Trying to take a phone so she can't record the assault or call for help. That's correct. That's what he was trying to do. Uh, Moon Dragon, uh, Walker is a tool and a fool. Yep. <laughs> C. Michael Henson, thank you again, C. Michael. Employers use background checks on potential hires. However, I believe that this is selective. It is evident through the stories we hear about all of these crooked teachers and cops still getting hired. That's correct. We actually highlighted one male teacher where the school was aware that he had credible allegations of child molestation. And the principal said, but his, but his letters of recommendation was so strong. That's a real God. story out of the state of Georgia, okay? He ended up molesting another child at the school that hired him. And he was um, in fact fired, arrested and convicted. 
Uh, thank you so much, Not That Karen Dragon. I love it. Thank you for becoming a member of the uh, YouTube page. Make sure you join, all right? Hit that join button from 499 to 2499. Come in, all right? Um, slammed in Camber TTV. Doc, I listen to your morning show, talking about my radio show every morning. And when T Party Lou calls in, it's like, I wish a Karen Wood segment made my morning when you hung up on her. Yeah. Yes. I appreciate our major morning when I hung up on her. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen Wood. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel great. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Huh? Move, tamales, 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 get your ass out of here. Move, get your get that son of a bitch. I'm gonna get you, you. <laughs> yeah, the Karenicity in this one runs deep. Let's put up his picture for mass. We have identified who he is, the man who decided to attack a young brother who was simply selling tamales. Now, who in the hell is anti-tamale, okay? It's already a bad person. So let me give you some background to this. The racist person that you see in front of you who utilized many racial slurs against a young male. This racist San Pedro male Karen has been identified as Chris Shelby. He's a plumber and a pipe fitter. But this actually has a good ending. After the local community heard about this, they rallied in droves to support the vendor. They even went outside of the male Karen's home to show their disgust for what he did. That's how you come together as a community. All right, Adrian, thoughts on this? I really do like how this ended because too often do we see individuals who engage in this Karen type behavior get away with it or just go on about living their lives. But now the community has come out and said, we see you and we know exactly who you are and letting him know that that behavior is not acceptable. And it's not just going to be one individual against one individual, but it's going to be his neighbors, the people in his city or town against him. And that's a powerful thing. We need more people to do that. Big yeah, time. absolutely. Yeah, it looks like this entire neighborhood were made of and was made of anti-Karens, all right? Mm -hmm. And they stepped up to the plate. I got something for everybody. Double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel great. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. What are you doing here, though? What is your, why is it your business? <sighs> why is it your business what I'm doing here? I live on this street. Mind your business. Hold on. That's not my problem. Your phone won't turn on. My phone is on. I have you. Please stop harassing me. I'm not harassing I am you. sitting on my street where I live. I own property here. Sticking your sign. Uh, this is my company. Have you know what? Call the number. You'll call me. All right. That's how intelligent you are. Call the number. Look, call it right now. Let's see what phone rings. Well, I can leave reviews and stuff. I guess. Oh. <laughs> have a great day with that. Like it's not a company Are you where you're having a bad day or something. No, you're having a bad day because you're harassing me. I'm, not harassing I'm you? sitting on my street preparing for my work day. Uh -huh. 
and you're sitting here blowing the horn when you have plenty of room to go around. No, I'm not blowing. You're the one yelling. You blew the horn at me three times oh, to try to work. make me move. Well, why don't you park this parking lot right there? But I don't live over there. Why would I go in your parking lot where you live? I live on this street. Well, then go to your garage. I don't need to go to my garage when I'm heading out for work and I need to put something in my GPS and, and go about my business. Okay, I'll just wait for that then. Some people just want to get their Karen on. The Karenicity runs deep in this fella. Just remember, he has told this black woman, go to your garage then. I have more video, here it is. I'm gonna sit here because I can. You're just having a bad day then. No, you're ass. I'm gonna sit here because I can. I'm not gonna move my car. Call the police, it's not a crime. It's not a crime to stay right It's not a crime to stay on the side of the street, on That's my street where I live. You had, did you see that car that just went around you behind you? You're standing in the middle of the road and the car just went around you and went about their business. It's not harassing me. Do you do this all the time? No, you do you do all this all the time harassing people? Harassing? Do you do this all the time harassing people? No, I don't have There's to. another car that went on about its business around you. And you're in the middle of the road. Yeah, you're, you're sorry, you're no, you're you're just harassing me, sir. Please move on. What's the problem? You're the problem because you're harassing me. I'm sitting here trying to do my work and you're harassing me. It's in a long video. It's take a while to upload. No, it's not because you're on TikTok. Bye-bye. 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 And it won't take me any time to upload this video because it's going online today, damn it. Put up his picture full mass. We need to identify this Karen. He is unidentified. At the moment, I'm sure those in the audience will figure this out pretty quickly. Remember, once again, back to slave era tactics. Where are your freedom papers? Is basically what he wanted to say. What authority do you have to be in this neighborhood? My neighborhood is the spirit he came to this woman in. He continued to bother her, harass her, and try to make her validate why she exists. This continues to permeate in the culture of American society. Is the equivalent, ladies and gentlemen, of the slave era tactic that black folks do not have the freedom to be mobile. That somehow by white existence, the white person owns the authority to question black people. No more. Adrian, thoughts here. It's, it's something that you know we deal with on a daily basis and it's incredibly exhausting, particularly being a black woman and having that gender element in there as well, where a white man feels that they can say whatever they want to you. They can interrupt you, make you move, you know, use and absorb your time. And the thing is, is it's not something trivial at all. Cuz as you noted, this is where your freedom papers, it's the thought that you need to justify, you need to explain to me. I am the authoritarian here and you have to answer to me. And it's just reinforcing the power structures of racism, gender, it's just disgusting. And I do hope that this man is exposed for his behavior because I'm sure he'd be the first one to say he's not racist, but I'm gonna be the first one to throw some side eye his way. Yeah, let's put his picture up again because sometimes fellas like this, when we expose them on Indisputable, they tag me on social media, social media, they get upset. Some of them even figure out my email address. So let me be very clear. You kept playing with this black woman, all right? That's a frightening situation for a man to approach a woman like this and start acting the way you acted. Now, next time, sir, if you feel like playing with something, find you a toy. We're not in your way. Now take the order. I wish I can. 
Yes, you heard right. She said, I wish a Karen would. I'm a yeah, I'm I'm somewhat proud of that moment. But there's more. I'm not going back with my gun, you know. Oh, I'm shove it up your ass. I'm about to kill you. You get your Yeah. Why don't you Okay, I have more video. This particular Karen decided to become verbally abusive to those who were in charge of making her food. One, she said they were taking too long. Two, she decided not to wear a mask even though they had a mask policy, okay? There's more video she did end up threatening them according to the narrator. Here it is. They came to this door. This door is locked. You can't come in. And she didn't even say thank you or nothing. She just like, she said she was gonna come back with bullets. Baby, I don't know that. I come in here every day and don't know nobody's name. She said she was gonna come back with bullets, so. Really? You see, this has all to do with privilege, your perceived status. Okay, somebody may not have taken your order at the time you thought it should be taken. Or they have a rule that you don't like, like wearing a mask. And you think the way to resolve it is to verbally abuse those who work in the food service industry or threaten to kill them with bullets. Who in the hell do you think you are? Now, every time we will defend those who are working their ass off trying to serve you and you're acting like an ass in the process, we will defend those workers. All right, Jackson, thoughts on this? Yeah, so I think unfortunately, a lot of the time these Karens who act out like this, they They'll use the fact that they're also women to their advantage because they think that they won't get hit or something like that. And they think that they can say whatever they want and go as crazy as they want, do whatever they want. Not to say that men don't do that as well, but we just talking about Karens right now. And I think that that's definitely a part of what a lot of these crazy women do. They're like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm white and I'm a woman, so I won't get hit. No one will do anything to me. I can just do whatever I want. And unfortunately. Well, fortunately, rather, we point them out all the time. But uh, yeah, I, that's a lot of what that entitlement is too. Yeah, and let's put up the uh, graphic of this, Karen. Let's put a graphic up because we have not been able to identify this Karen that was at a Del Taco. Okay, all right, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right. Welcome back, we still got a lot of show left. Let me read as many comments as I can, time pending. Uh, Lynn says, assault the vendor today, get get owned, Tamale. Yeah, uh, see Michael Henson, I know who the male Karen is in the green shades and t-shirt. <laughs> it's Gilbert from Revenge of the Nerves. <laughs> and listen, uh, see Michael, as soon as I read that, you're right. 
he does favor Gilbert from Revenge of the Nerds. David Morris, Black Girl Magic versus Karenicity, the sister won. That's right. Brooke Marks, unidentified Karen in the wild, cold blue. That's right. All right, we got more. Okay, another alleged predator. Let's put up a picture full mass, 38 years of age, school teacher at a private Christian high school in the state of Florida was arrested last week and charged with second degree felony after allegedly exchanging sexually explicit text messages with a student at the Christian Academy. Her name is Julie Kinsey Hoover. Ms. Hoover, a teacher at the Point of Grace Christian School in Perry, Florida, was taken into custody on Wednesday and charged with one count of an authority figure soliciting or engaging in sexual conduct with the student. The investigation into Ms. Hoover began when the mother of an 18 year old at the school found a series of messages that had been exchanged between the child and Ms. Hoover. The mother contacted deputies at the Taylor County Sheriff's Office to report the messages. Per the report, the mother specifically found messages indicating that Hoover was planning, think about how diabolical this is, was planning to sneak her student into her home while her husband was at work, okay? Sheriff's office detectives reportedly found that Ms. Hoover and the teen began exchanging text messages in March of 2022 and continued through April. During that time period, the student was reportedly enrolled in more than one class taught by that school teacher. While the student in question was 18 years of age at the time of the alleged interactions, Florida law and a lot of other states as well, they prohibit adults who are employed by volunteering at or under contract with the school from soliciting or engaging in sexual conduct a relationship of a romantic nature or lewd conduct with the student. Hoover was released from custody at approximately 10, 10 p.m. on a Thursday after posting a cash bond of $15,000. Now, let's put her picture up again. The school system, Point of Grace Christian School, they decided not to respond to messages from law and crime regarding Hoover's arrest as well as her current state of employment. So um, they're saying no comment. Now this is a clear moral, ethical and legal breach here. There's an actual victim involved. And the school, the Christian Academy has refused to provide leadership. We see something routine, especially with private institutions that have this kind of dynamic inside of their system. Typically, they try to protect the individual who's committing monstrous acts against students or they cover it up. All right, Adrian, thoughts on this? I I think that this is 
indicative of a larger problem as we kind of discussed earlier in terms of the predatory nature of women in these positions of power as educators who are developing these sexual and intimate relationships with students. I really think it's great to have these policies in place that no matter necessarily the student's age, whether they are an adult or of the legal age for consent in that state, that still that they can't have romantic relationships with teachers because it is an abuse of power. There is a difference in the power between a student and a teacher and it is so incredibly unacceptable. And so I, I, I just really hope that educators and administration will do a little bit more because whatever's been done, it's clearly not necessarily enough given that there are these continued instances. Yeah, well said. All right, Ohio teachers can now carry guns inside of their classrooms. Let me give you the background to this. Um, put up the picture of the governor who decided this was a good idea. Republican Governor Mike DeWine of Ohio signed into law a controversial bill that allows armed teachers and other adults with reduced gun training in schools. They reduced the prerequisite and now they're making it allowable at a school. House Bill 99 was signed a week after the bill passed both Ohio House and Ohio Senate. Before it was signed into law, the bill sparked debate from many sides with districts already declaring they will opt out of the plan. Critics say the governor has ignored the cries of those in Ohio to do something on gun violence and make communities safe. They have ignored, he has ignored their plea. The bill calls for a heavy reduction in training to carry a gun on school property. Isn't that something? You think that makes you more safe when you decrease the prerequisite training to have a gun around children? Really, there's more. The law now allows those in Ohio schools to arm teachers or other employees with up to 24 hours of training. Each member of a school defense team would be required to meet the minimum training and have a yearly criminal background check. Previous legislation required becoming a peace officer with over 700 hours. So before they said, okay, we can do it. But if we do it, there has to be a training mandate of 700 hours and the person must become a certified peace officer. Now, the reason why that was important in the original legislation is because it created a dynamic that allowed insurance companies to still be willing to insure schools that had armed teachers. Because the insurance provider to that institution would say, okay, these are certified peace officers, we are going to still insure the school. Without that 700 hour prerequisite and the certification as a peace officer, most, if not all, insurance companies will decide to opt out because of the liability factor. So now you have a liability issue where the school teacher may have a bad day, or the school teacher decides to handle a conflict, a physical conflict, with shooting someone, or a school student, a student at the institution. Binds the gun and uses it against those at the school. Just a lot of variables here. Uh, the training would include how to stop an active shooter, how to de-escalate 
a violent situation, trauma first aid care, at least four hours in scenario based or simulated training exercises and completing tactical live firearms training. Additionally, the law would not require all schools in the state to establish what's called a behavioral threat assessment program and training and will provide funding for schools to establish those programs. Additional funding included in the bill provides money for other mental health programs and money for districts that don't have a school safety tip line to connect into a statewide school safety tip line according to the governor. In other words, it doesn't do a damn thing that would actually stop an active shooter. Nothing. All right, Adrian, thoughts. It's it's just ignorant and absolutely wild that they would go this direction to allow Ohio teachers to be armed, but also the training requirements, dropping it from 700 to now just 24 hours. Yeah. So you're going with what three and a half percent of what the mandate was previously, and you think that that's going to be acceptable when individuals around children, particularly when uh, foremost, you know, a lot of polls out there they show that the majority of Americans and the largest majority of teachers don't want to arm teachers. But then on top of that, you think of what's gonna happen to black and brown kids, predominantly black kids in yep. the K-12 K through 12 system by virtue of the fact that we suffer punishment the most. We're disciplined even more aggressively than white students are for the very same behavior. So at the end of the day, this is going to end up policing and possibly killing more black people. And it and no one wants it. Yeah, that, nobody wants no it. No one wants it. That, and really, you, you should drop the mic on that point. Teachers don't want to be armed. Parents do not want teachers armed. The vast majority of voters do not want this. The vast majority of Americans in general do not want this. Just a few inside of the Republican Party who are wagging their fingers saying we know better than everybody else on the planet. All right, we got more on the other side is indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read a few of these comments. TOT member Nadius Maximus says, "What do you want to bet Hoover is an avid Trump supporter and all kinds of preachy about Democrats being groomers of child predators?" Latif, aka Colossus Dragon, welcome. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Also, Remy Carlos, thank you for joining the page. All right. R3ZN8 is only a matter of time before a racist teacher shoots a kid. Only a matter of time. All right. Texas gunman, another one, opened fire near a kid's day camp, right? This was in Duncanville, Texas. Police and camp staff quickly prevented a potential chaotic, deadly situation. At the children's sports camp. This happened Monday. Let's put up a picture of where it happened. This is Fieldhouse, all right? They call themselves Homer Champions. The unidentified man appeared to have fired twice inside of the Duncanville Fieldhouse, a youth sports and training venue. But thankfully, no one was struck or injured. They could have been dramatically different. The armed suspect entered through the complex's main lobby. Let's put that up, where he was confronted by a staff member who exchanged gunfire with him. If it had not been for that staff member, this could have been a deadly situation. The alleged gunman then went to what was described as a classroom filled with children and opened fire from outside after he was unable to get in. Duncanville Police Department Assistant Chief Matt Stockner 
said at an afternoon news conference. 18 year old counselor, Naomi Rogers, let's put up picture Miss Rogers. She was actually in the classroom filled with children ages four to six. And it and when it became a focus of the suspect, she said the children and her hid in the room and tried to tried to keep quiet as the gunman shot out the glass of the front door with a single round when he could not get in. Wow. Just imagine how traumatic, right? The adrenaline, the fear, the hopelessness in that moment, all of these children having to be exposed to this, now having the experience of surviving an active shooter. Damn shame, beginning with the first sounds of gunfire. Children at the complex were moved into a safe area that was then locked. Step staffers were trained to execute an active shooter situation, according to Chief Stockner. The suspect moved to the main gym. He said, where there were still children present, but no shots were fired, at least until officers arrived and engaged in the firefight that killed him. The man was given first aid by the officers at the scene and taken to the hospital. He was pronounced dead, the assistant chief said. This could have been potentially even a deadlier massacre. But you had some responsive individuals. Now, don't get it twisted. I am not anti-police or anti-law enforcement. I'm anti-bad police, I'm anti-negligent law enforcement, but I'm pro-law enforcement where law enforcement is appropriate. In this situation, it seems as if everyone who enforced the law to protect children acted in an appropriate way. It is a sad reality, but a reality nonetheless, that children are now trained for active shooters. The staff and the children knew what to do because they were trained for an active shooter situation. And that training may have in fact saved lives. Adrian, thoughts here. You know, I, I just, it, it's, it's incredibly traumatic to go through a situation where you are potentially going to be shot or even just having survivor's guilt or having a loved one who was shot. And you know, it's something that sticks with you and that stays with you. And so as much as people wanna think, oh, they survived, this is great. The, realize, the realization is that there is lasting trauma, lasting impact that will forever change individuals lives. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be this way. We don't have to live this way. But unfortunately, the leaders and the powers that be in our country have decided to make us some kind of heavily weaponized warlike state. And it's just, it's, it's killing us. Yeah, this story is gonna make you sad and it's gonna make you angry. A white male in North Carolina sexually tortured his daughter and then killed her. He has now been sentenced to death for murdering his black teenage daughter. Let's put up her picture as well. This was a court case that concluded after three years. Let's keep up the picture. The monster who did this to this princess is Joshua Lee Burgess. Was not only sentenced on Friday for the 2019 murder of 15 year old Zaria Joshlin 
Burgess, but also for sexually torturing. Sexually torturing her for an entire day. Joshua Lee Burgess was accused of psychologically and sexually torturing Zaria for 22 hours before he then strangled her and slit her throat at his home in the city of Monroe, North Carolina. That's located about 23 miles southeast of Charlotte. Zaria was at her father's home for the weekend when he killed her, okay? It took the jury about three hours to find this monster guilty of killing Zaria in a crime that he admitted to after walking into the Union City Sheriff's Office and confessing during the summer of 2019. At the time, Joshua Lee Burgess provided detailed information concerning his daughter's death, where her body was located. No motive was ever revealed for the brutal crimes. In addition, Joshua Lee Burgess death sentence. He also was given a minimum of nearly 76 years in prison. He had been remanded to the Union County Jail since he confessed to the police. It was not immediately clear at which correctional facility Burgess would serve the remainder of his life behind bars. Now, I'm typically anti-death penalty. I really am. Uh, if he receives execution, I won't lose a wink of sleep over it at all. Adrian, thoughts? Oh, I, I, I was going to say the same exact thing that I'm generally against the death penalty, but then in some cases I'm like, eh, shoulder shrugs, it happened. Like this is one of the most heinous and sadistic uh, offenses I've heard of in quite some time, uh, and I just can't imagine what that girl went through and how this first person is supposed to be your father, your parent. Um, you know that paternal figure in your life and for them to sexually violate you uh, and and do so with so much hate and anger and disgust. I, I just, there is no sentence that would be good enough for this man for the crimes that he's committed. Such a damn shame um, that monsters like this even exist in the world. Uh, but we are uh, capable, capable of exposing them. Police kill a 13 year old child and they wait five days to even inform the mother. Let's put up a picture of the 13 year old they killed. He's dead, he should be alive. 13 year old Andre AJ Hernandez Jr. Let's keep his picture up. Police alleged that AJ intentionally slammed a stolen car into one of their police vehicles. An officer said he was in fear of his life. And so he decided to shoot into the car indiscriminately. As it was attempting to flee, the car was literally trying to leave. He shoots into the vehicle, AJ was shot. After he was shot, AJ, the 13 year old child stepped out of the vehicle to surrender. He was then taken to the hospital where he later died. Let's put up a picture of his mother, okay? Her name is Linda. Linda first heard about her son's killing by piecing together articles about a local police shooting and a teenager. 
That's how she figured it out. Nobody informed her. And this is the second tragedy to befall the family because just two weeks earlier, Lisa had laid to rest her 16 year old daughter who was found shot to death in a stolen car near the family's home. Tragedy on top of tragedy. The police finally called on Tuesday evening after NBC News contacted them and she appeared on local news. That's when the police got in touch with them, okay? Now let me say this, because I know there are some who will push back and say, well, the 13 year old was committing a criminal act and he should have simply not been in a stolen car. You have to remember something. We have due process in this country for a reason. This is a juvenile. As a juvenile delinquent myself, I was in stolen cars. I ran from the police. This 13 year old is dead. Just because you may deserve to see a judge does not mean it's time for you to see your maker. This 13 year old is dead. And according to the narrative, not only should he be alive, there was no reason for the officer to shoot and kill this child inside of the vehicle. Uh, there's more. I really don't understand why the police are hiding. My son was 13 years old, that's the key. He was a little boy and did not deserve to get shot and killed by the police officer. Remember, there was no real threat to the cop. The police told her they would allow her to view partial police body camera video of the encounter Monday morning. She said, I don't know what I'm supposed to do when I see it, but I wanna see why they shot my son. She said the hospital informed her that her son had been shot, but that she was given only minimal time to view him before he was put in a body bag and taken away. She still has not received any medical reports or paperwork. Uh, let's put up a picture of the San Antonio Police Department, uh, Captain Jesse Salami, uh, who spoke on the incident. Officers were responding to gunfire according to him in the area when they spotted a red car ma matching the description of the vehicle. One police approached the car driven by the 13 year old, it reversed. It struck a patrol car, according to the captain. Uh, the officer has not been identified. They refused to release the information of the cop. So here's the police chief. His name is Bill McManus. Police said the officer involved has been placed on administrative leave until further notice. No officers um, or passengers were injured. Uh, the police department, they have decided not to publicly identify the victim as AJ due to him being a minor. Uh, but Wednesday morning, they said the suspect's mother um, has been contacted. Uh, we have independently verified that it is in fact, obviously AJ. Um, a lot of twists and turns here. The bottom line is AJ should be alive. AJ should be alive. This is not a conversation or argument about police and arrest. This is about should we have a police force that's so trigger happy that they are willing to pull the trigger, kill an individual and allow absolutely no reasonable process, no reasonable reaction time for the person they shoot. All right, um, attorney Adrian Lawrence, what are your thoughts on this? And uh, is it problematic that the cops responded so quickly to kill this 13 year old? Well, I'd say first of all, my heart definitely goes out to that mother to lose your 16 year old daughter and now your 13 year old son. I can't imagine what she's going through. I can't imagine 
as well that the essentially the progress that our nation has made has been lackluster when it comes to policing. Because there was a time when we really elevated property offenses in a way, but we didn't elevate them such that we put them above human life. And that's essentially what was going on here when you have a stolen vehicle. It's merely a piece of property, and so it does not require deadly force. Also, there could have been anyone in that car. There could have been hostages, there could have been victims, there could have been children. And as it turns out, there indeed was children in that car. So to just fire into a vehicle, it's extremely reckless. And this thought that, oh, I feared for my life. This is something that we continue to hear from law enforcement. And it's nothing but a lie, an absolute sham. And unfortunately, the courts are allowing it to continue to happen. And what we are seeing is public executions. And now, and even more so, of children. This needs to stop. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, listen, we have breaking news, okay? So this is hot off the wire. I'm going to just read this as it has been published. The American Muckrakers Pack, okay? They have released information that says Congresswoman Boebert, Representative Lauren Boebert, was an unlicensed paid escort with Sugar Daddy Meat. Dot com. She also had two abortions. Um, that's only an issue because she stands against a woman's right to choose. Quite hypocritical if this is true. Once again, this is being reported out of that political action committee. According to this report, the Congresswoman met Senator Ted Cruz in Aspen through a Koch family member escort client, okay? Bobert had an abortion at Planned Parenthood in Glenwood Springs, Colorado, due to her work with SugarDaddyMeat.com. Once again, according to this pack, who has now released this information, this is the same pack that released significant information about Congressman Cawthorn, and that information proved to be true. All right. So today, this is how it reads. Today. Announced, they announced their team and volunteers have uncovered that Lauren Bobert was an unlicensed paid escort, met clients through sugardaddymeat.com. Text messages show she was bankrupt at the time and looking for, and I quote, they're saying this was part of the text message, side income, and called her work pay to play. Another quote, she was paid to escort wealthy men, according to this report. Here's what it says verbatim, according to our investigation in 2019, Bobert was hired by a wealthy male client in Aspen, Colorado, who was a Coke family member, Coke brothers. Bobert's rich client subsequently introduced her to US Senator Ted Cruz, the Republican out of Texas. This happened in Aspen in 2019. After meeting with Senator Cruz, Bobert was encouraged by him to run for the US Congress. After she announced her campaign for Congress, in December of 2019, Senator Cruz donated $126,000 to the Bobert campaign and helped to fundraise large sums of money. All right, Bobert did not disclose a $75,000 donation until Cruz's Federal Election Commission filings contradicted her filings. All right, Bobert had an abortion at the Planned Parenthood Clinic in Glenwood Springs, Colorado, due to her work at sugardaddy.com, according to the report. 
Bobert also had another abortion at a clinic in Grand Junction, Colorado. Once again, not an issue because I believe in a woman's right to choose. This is a political issue because Bobert, while if this is true, she was living a lie. She stands against a woman's right to choose while privately exercising her right to choose in America based on this report. All right, there's more information. Once again, this is a very developing story, but I wanted to bring it to you as it came to us. This is breaking news, just hit the press. We will follow up obviously for the rest of the story. Okay, let me read some of these viewer comments. I'm gonna read a couple. And then we'll transition back. Uh, and before I do that, Adrian, thoughts on this? You know, to see um, the Muckrakers Pack put this out, it really speaks to the fact that there are people looking to expose the hypocrisy of individuals who are seeking leadership positions or in positions of leadership in our country. Because the fact is that the lifestyles that they are alleged to have leading are more consistent with the lifestyles of a number of people, the rest of us. And so for them to condemn the behavior, the healthcare choices, the options, all of it just shows how much hypocrisy is out there. And so if it turns out that these allegations about Bober are true, I damn sure do not condemn her for sex work because it is work. And I damn sure do not condemn her for having abortions because that's healthcare. What I do condemn her for would be the hypocrisy that's right. of her actions because that's the problem and that should be her downfall assuming that this muckrakers press release is wholly accurate. Yeah, these individuals routinely we have seen they take adversarial positions to communities that they actually belong to. That's right. And to me that is the epitome of being a sellout, that's a sellout. You literally take a public position contrary to communities that you should be supporting. So here's what I'm going to do. Uh, because I think this is, I, we, we gotta discuss this. So I just got the text message and I'm back to Bobert now. Okay, I'm back to Bobert now. I just got the message where these are pictures. And according to the report, this is her profile at sugardaddymeat.com. This is a profile at sugardaddymeat.com. Now, let me ask you this question, Adrian, because it's happening so routinely, especially in politics. Why do you think there's this desire to literally misrepresent who you are and be adversarial to communities that you should be supporting when you get a political office? I would imagine that you would seek political office to be an advocate for the communities that you are a part of rather than to rather than to be antithetical to them. But it seems as if if this is true, the Boberts of the world and others have decided to take a stand contrary to who they are. What are your thoughts about that level of disconnect in politics? Oh, I just think you are those kind of people that they're disgusting human beings and their mentality is the thought that I still will access these things and I'm still going to be able to partake in them. I just don't want others to. It's part of that power structure of ensuring that others are oppressed. So I'm gonna ensure that they don't have access to healthcare. I'm going to ensure that if they participate in sex work that they are penalized in some way. Even though these are things in which I myself am engaging in. It shows you the lack of integrity so many people have and that they are willing to engage in this diabolical behavior for a dime and they'll probably just about do anything for these coins. 
it, it just, it, it's pathetic. Yeah, uh, and here's the other dynamic according to records. Uh, she was married, she's been married for many years, okay? Um, and there's more, so I'm gonna read this once again. This is developing, this is hot off the wire, it's in real time. The pack says, uh, and this is firebobert.com, that the screenshots are the actual text messages in sequential order from our source. Several texts were excluded or part of them excluded to protect their identity. In no case did we edit the actual text sent by the source. And it starts by saying, I'm sorry, I really would love to help. Scared of her and her husband. I don't know how you could, and then it's blank safety. Then it says, I will tell you that she had one abortion in the Glenwood Springs at the Planned Parenthood office and another one in Grand Junction. The first was when she was 17, the second one when she was working on the side as a paid date on the site called Sugar Baby. She was stripping at the time also. So according to the report and based on this investigation by this particular PAC, there are many issues that don't seem to connect. Now, once again, I don't besmirch individuals who seek an abortion. I don't do that, I protect a woman's right to choose. The irony is Congresswoman Burt does not. That's the beef I have here, okay? As far as her stripping or being an escort, no issue with me whatsoever, you're an adult. But don't take a position that's adversarial to individuals who do. Now you're a hypocrite and now I gotta deal with you, all right? So we're gonna continue to follow this story. It's developing, as I said, all of the facts are not fully in. We're trying to confirm some other dynamics. But if this is true, this is explosive, especially given the rhetoric that she spews. The rhetoric that represents that she's anti all of these communities she may in fact be a part of. All right, Adrian, thoughts? Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And I really do hope that if this is accurate, that hypocrisy is her downfall. All right. The QAnon JFK cult. Man, that sounds crazy, but it's real. They have now returned to Dallas. Members of the JFK QAnon group verbally and physically harassed March for Our Lives participants in Dallas. All right, so members of the group did this. This was downtown Dallas on Saturday, shouting at them that the mass shooting on May 24th, in which a gunman killed 19 elementary school aged children and two teachers, was orchestrated by the federal government. All right, that's what they're saying. Uh, Gabrielle Gonzalez, a protester at the event said, and I quote, this is a direct quote. Uh, the QAnon member was like, did you know that Uvalde has been closed for years? It was fake, it was all an act, it was actors and actresses. Then two more QAnon members came up and were like, none of these are real, mass shootings don't happen. And I asked them if they'd like to tell Rodriguez's parents that said Gonzalez. So let's put up a picture of their uh, leader. Okay, this guy's a real tool. His name is Michael Protzman, predicted earlier that week that JFK would actually reappear. And he would be there that day to reinstate Donald Trump as president and begin executions of the alleged global cabal of pedophiles and blood drinking liberals. That's what he claims. And he says they actually are the ones running the world. Uh, if you remember, we've covered them before. This is the same group back in November that thought JFK 
Michael Jackson and Elvis would return and Bon Jovi would hold a concert after Trump was going to be reinstated as president of the United States. Don't believe me, put it, let's put it up. All right, uh, this says Collin County Dems. The late President John F. Kennedy and son, the late John F. Kennedy Jr. are now are a no-show today in Dallas for the hundreds of QAnon supporters. Rumor has it that JFK and JFK Jr. were seen working at Dairy Queen alongside Elvis and Michael Jackson. Now, I fight the urge to laugh. And let me tell you why. Because this is serious. This is serious. These individuals vote. These are the people that support Donald Trump. These are the people that Trump can sell whatever he chooses to them. As long as this remnant exists, Donald Trump will always tell the truth according to a certain segment of the American population. And they feed upon the ignorance of these individuals. This is the perfect stooge for Donald Trump. This is what they do, they exploit and manipulate individuals who are mentally vulnerable and always seeking to connect to some type of conspiracy theory. So they're willing to believe, and believe me, they gauge this stuff, the Republicans gauge this stuff. They say, well, if our followers are willing to believe that JFK is going to come back with Michael Jackson and Elvis and reappoint Donald Trump. Well, damn it, they sure will believe that the election was stolen without any evidence. They sure will believe whatever other lie we put up there, like white men are being replaced. Or that somehow Democrats are antithetical to America, they're pedophiles and they need to die. You see, this is dangerous because what does it do? It dehumanizes those who have a political opposition to you. And then it radicalizes the group who will start believing that those who simply have a different political point of view are not worthy to live. What's the next conclusion of that scenario? There you go. That's why I don't laugh at it. All right, Adrian, thoughts here. It seems relatively clear to me that those in the 1%, the reigning class, that they're truly out there to push their agenda of keep people really dumb. And we're seeing that about allowing guns in schools and not protecting kids from mass shootings because they don't want them to go to school and be educated and have the knowledge base so that they can fully appreciate and understand when these cult-like conspiracy theories come out and you know maybe not engage in them or not entertain them. No, they want people to stay as dumb as possible so that they can be controlled easily. And it just continues to show us what the byproduct of that is, where you have people supporting these just far out and far fetched conspiracy theories as opposed to actually using reasoning and common sense. There you go. I'm always a pleasure having you on the show. Tell people how they can follow you and check out all of your great work. I'm on Instagram at Adrian Law or at Adrian Lawrence on Twitter at Adrian Law. And you can catch me on Rebel Headquarters, which is on YouTube and Facebook. All right, there it is. Now remember, Take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable.